0: hello my friends and welcome back to idle chatter i'm your host ray bohacks the hot rod farmer coming to you from cat swamp road and we are right in the middle between christmas and new year's so going backwards i pray that you had a wonderful and blessed christmas and you're enjoying this week between the two holidays and i also want to wish you a wonderful 2024 may it be healthy happy, and successful for you in every way, shape, or form. And if you happened to catch last week's show, I said, I didn't know what I was going to do, whether I was going to uh, do do my traditional uh, New Year's Day wish for you show, or not do it, or come in between with something, and I guess I decided to do (laughs) neither of the above. All right, so, uh, and I'll explain that to you in a few minutes hopefully but i do you know for full ex- for full disclosure for transparency in this show because it's the week between christmas and new year's it's not it's a time to reflect it's a time to be with family to be with loved ones to regroup right to uh <clears throat> and just to uh to recreate meaning recreate right and not necessarily recreation but sometimes that is recreation but to recreate and to get ready to hit 2024 uh running in whatever aspects of your life that you are trying to i'm going to say improve because we all need improvement but why telling you is that this is going to be a show that's not for everyone i'm humbly saying this to you and once again stumbling over my words because my if you haven't gleaned that by now that my mind is and I'm, i'm not saying this as a compliment to myself i'm saying it derogatorily that my mind is like a turbine uh It just keeps on spinning, spinning, spinning. And if you know anything about a turbine engine, that it will self-destruct. If you keep fueling it, just giving it more fuel for more combustion, it'll keep gaining RPM, RPM, RPM. There's no mechanical limitations for it to pump air like a reciprocating engine is. So a reciprocating engine is only going to get to a level of RPM that it could pump air whether it's gasoline or diesel no matter how much you fuel it then at that particular point it's gonna it's just gonna roll over it's not gonna do anything more yes yeah, so you say well why do they have rev limiters well they have rev limiters because the internal components can only take so much but if you were to build the internal components to take let's say an engine to, to, to go twenty thousand rpm all right and uh it's only going to be able to achieve the RPM that that it physically is able to pump air and fill a cylinder. So you could overbuild it and never break it. But a turbine, because it spins, is completely different. So it has no pumping losses in that respect and it's going to just keep on spinning if you keep giving it fuel and you have that expansion it's going to keep spinning until it grenades itself that's basically how my brain is all right it's like a turbine it keeps spinning until it's going to grenade itself and thank god my head has not blown up sometimes it feels like it does but i'm such a saying that jokingly but it is uh my mind races all over and lots of times it's hard for me to get my thoughts collectively together because specifically when i do this show because i could ramble too much and go off on tangents and go off in all different directions so that is the turbine in me the turbine engine in me i need to have some sort of fuel flow mechanism to stop it from spinning too fast but if you were to know me a little bit and honestly, probably only a handful of the audience, whatever the audience is, uh, actually physically knows me. Uh, the the people who listen, and I'm blessed by all of you that do listen, and am so grateful and thankful for, and I mean that from the bottom of my heart. That's not just a platitude, a bumper sticker, saying I'm thankful for you. All right, so I am sincerely thankful and honored that you do listen to me. Then you have an inkling of, of the person or you have an inkling beyond the mechanical stuff or the theoretical stuff about me and and that is wonderful that you're able that you have done that and opened your heart to me but i do feel that i have a responsibility and okay who's that that's faithy i have a responsibility and onus to uh to insulate you from that because, okay, Faithy, that's Faithy. I'm going to see if I could pause this thing. Maybe she wants to go out. Okay, we're going to see. Hold on. God willing, I'm successful at pausing it. Alrighty. so uh, thank God the button worked. And I guess it's breaking in. But Faith wanted to go out. She was sleeping for a, uh, a long time. She slept all night and got up and had breakfast. And went back to bed and uh, just woke up now. So anyway, but trying to get back onto my thoughts of where I was that I feel that that though I want this show to be more than just a technical show, I want that I, I want it to be more than that. But the fact of the matter is I think I'm treading in very dangerous territory because I don't want to make this show about me and I run the risk if I tell you about myself. That it could be perceived as me being big-headed or pompous or what have you, and uh, that's not what I'm about whatsoever. I mean, and to the, like I said, the few listeners that do actually know me as man to man, that that is not what I am about. But I do like to share things with you. Because I look at you, as I said many times before, as family. So I have this constant tug of war in my heart and in my soul and say, well, geez, you know, should I do it? I don't know if I should really say that because I don't want anyone to, I don't want anyone to perceive or get the false perception of that. I think uh, that, uh, that you're interested in knowing about me. Right. So uh your I mean, idle chatter and farm machinery digest radio, people are coming here to learn something about equipment, not to learn about me. All right, so uh, so like I said, that's a constant struggle and lots of times and that's why I apologize because I do go off on tangents and go off, as one as one listener said, into the weeds. But he said it in a complimentary sense <laughs> that he liked it. But I'm sure when you have an audience that not everyone embraces it. And they say, well, why is this guy talking about this? Well, I don't care about that. So, uh, But that is not done by intention. It is done by default. Because that simply is the person I am. So I lamented... Well, I lament over every show. I mean, you're you're learning more about me, and that's why I say you may even want to listen to this because there's nothing mechanical or technical that you're going to learn in this episode. And I lament over every show, and uh, humbly, as the amount of shows I have done grows, thank God, uh, I don't i said well geez did i tell the people that already i don't want to tell them i don't want to sound like a broken record like i want you know you guys tells me the same story every time i mean i have one magazine which will which i will would have it remain unnamed and uh that i do work for and did work for and uh, the editor has been there for quite some time which is a miracle in this business that business but anyway he, he does an editorial column and he, subsequently 99% of the time he writes about the 69 Camaro he used to have and that is cool and that is great and I could be guilty of that but what happens is that when you do a lot of things and this is not this is not guilty with an explanation but I think this is just about 300 episodes of idle chatter and I think I have a little bit more than 150 episodes at a radio show. So I don't want to come and tell you the same stories over again. But honestly, I don't know what I've said or what I haven't said. So that gets to be a problem. But I know what I'm going to talk about today. I have not said in, in any uh, other than maybe a hinting and inkling of it. All right. So I feel confident with that. But the fact of the matter is I want to establish to you up front that i am sharing this part of my life with you uh with with a humble heart uh and just just sharing it because this i always look at this show and doing idle chatter and and the radio show i don't think the radio show comes off as as down homey as the as idle chatter does or as personal as idle chatter does then that's not serious xm rural radio's fault that's my fault uh because there is a time limit and i feel that maybe you're supposed to be more professional but uh that's about as professional as i could get uh so but i always looked at this show and i always wanted it to be like that you feel that I'm only talking to you, that I'm not talking to to, to a group of to an audience, whether it, whether it is one person in the audience or a million people makes no difference. I'm not going to use any numbers. All right, but I wanted you to feel sincerely that I am talking to you, and it's two, two farmers, two car guys, two human beings, two men you know, uh, having a cup of coffee someplace talking or sitting on the tailgate of a pickup truck or sitting in a farm shop or you're looking, looking underneath the hood of a, of a car and, and, and just talking about different things. They're not necessarily technical things, but talking about them. Because you know when a bunch of guys get together, well, women also, the, the conversation goes all over the place. You're going from EGR valves to politics to religion back to... Uh, to uh, whatever your electric bill I mean so it goes all over the place and and uh that was I I you know people say to me well that you know you're doing that and I said well I do that because I don't know how to be any place else any any I don't know how to be anywhere else so so it's not that it's not that I'm doing it by design by grand design and I'm sure like the re- the reality of it is that to a lot of people they don't like it some people may like it some people may be indifferent to it some people some people in the audience may just tolerate it because you say well it's he's got pretty good technical content so i gotta tolerate that first 10 or 15 minutes of his stories so as you could glean i'm very self-conscious of it and the reason of my self-conscious being self-conscious is that i and to a couple uh, to a couple of people recently that i've done the on the road show with on the on the road podcast and if i remember correctly it was Bree carter who is the uh, country music singer and uh it was uh, mike werner uh from caledonia minnesota and then justin foresee foresee from new jersey who was the uh the the attorney well he's an attorney now but the the uh safety clean driving attorney i'm not laughing safety clean truck thing it's wonderful and i had the opportunity and a couple other people prior to that but i had the opportunity to ask them whether they would mind if i would openly say a prayer before we did the episode to ask for the lord's blessings on the show for him to direct everything guide everything and most importantly, in those shows, and I guess an idle chatter to a lesser extent, to bring the episode to the ears of the person that he wants them, he wants for them to hear, if I said that correctly. So basically, that this show, the pod, that episode goes out, and the person that is supposed to hear it, hears it. And that is, and I, I basically say a modified version of that prayer before I record just recorded episode of Idol Chatter on my radio show myself, because I want to do my shows, I want to do everything that I possibly everything in my life, not just my shows, anything I do, to the glory of God, and I know that I cannot accomplish that without His mercies, mercy and His grace, and. I feel so many times that I fall short of that and don't accomplish and don't bring a glory to God because I messed up, because I'm a human being. And then, Jesus I, I say, when I get done and I listen, oh, geez, Lord, I'm sorry, I really shouldn't. Have, I don't know, it's not what it's supposed to be or not what I perceive it's supposed to be. So I lamented over this show, I'm, t- I'm wasting your time and telling you about all this because I don't want you to think that it's about me but we're two guys it's not in a tailgate of a pickup truck we're having a cup of coffee in the cafe and i'm just telling you about a certain aspect of my life and i would love to hear your stories from your life because everybody has a story and that's really what the what the on the road podcast is about that everybody has a story uh and everybody has a wonderful story if you allow it to become a wonderful story then i'll leave it at that so uh yes there's people that have done terrible things in their life right that's not the good story but by god's grace possibly that can become a good story so i'm not going to go down that path but no one that I, I I don't think that that's really going to be the case with anybody that's listening to this idle chatter episode or, or any idle chatter episodes prior to this or subsequent. So what am I going to talk about today? And what I would like to share with you, and I'm asking your permission, and uh, I can't, I, it's too. I won't be able to know if you if you uh, are giving me your permission. So I'm going to take I'm going to take for granted that you are giving me your permission. And uh, and I guess if it's not doesn't interest you, I certainly respect that. And you just press shut the shut it off right and don't listen to it and then come back. We'll be a traditional idle, sh- idle <laughs> I don't Shatter. idle shatter chatter idle chatter next week. All right. So without rambling on like a lunatic here, is that what I would love to share with you, and I'm going to thank you for those who do listen, I would love to share with you, uh, I think, five or six, and there's many more, but there's six here that I chose, stories of how the Lord worked in my heart and with a connection to his creation to animals because those of you who know me know that animals animals are my kryptonite if i was superman which i'm obviously not and there was gonna if you were gonna write a movie and say we're gonna make this hot rod farm and this guy from cat swamp road it's probably not a not a coincidence that i live on cat swamp road right out of all the roads the next road over is ridge road that i could have been but cat swamp road so maybe there's something there and uh and you wanted to get me, you wanted to get me weak Need you want to get me on my knees, you want, to, you want me to collapse, well, all it has to do is that my kryptonite is our animals, not is, our animals, in every way sense or form and it's not just any type of animal some people may come to me and say and i respect that because i am not the standard for the world to be judged by by no means then i am not judgmental but the fact of the matter is some of the people say oh i'm a cat person or i'm a dog person well that's wonderful if you are that is wonderful but i just want you to know that i am an animal person a creation person and i'm just setting that stage so these are not going to be all cat or dog stories they're going to be a whole variety of stories and sadly in life that uh everyone has their kryptonite to a different level and sometimes the world according to ray again the uh sometimes the kryptonite is good it's a good kryptonite and not because it's my kryptonite but i feel that uh that and i'm making the assumption everyone knows from the from the su- old superman shows that superman had wonderful strength from not from this world uh, but there was a supposed rock called kryptonite and that would sap all of his strength so um, that's what animals do to my kryptonite in case some people are listening that are not old enough to know what kryptonite is which kryptonite obviously does not exist so it is just a metaphor for brokenness and weaknesses weakness but so many but sadly some people in life have a kryptonite that in no way shape or form can you uh identify or even if you tell deep you dig that it is something of good intrinsic value is that uh and, and people's addictions are, are kryptonite. That's their weakness. So if you look at kryptonite being a weakness, uh, kryptonite made Superman weak. My animals are my weakness. They weaken me. They, 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 they just they, they, they just break my heart in every way, shape, or form. So. But people have, sadly, people have kryptonite. That's really not. It is a weakness, and the weakness may be gambling. It may be drug addiction. It may be pornography. Uh, it 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 may be uh, the kryptonite of money, the weakness of money. That I mean, look at people who get involved with the mafia and do things and what have you. Is that it's all rooted in money, right? It's, that's what's rooted, in. it's not rooted in the, in how many in in, in cutting grass. And uh, they may have a weakness of uh, infidelity in their marriage. They may have a weakness of of uh, of being a narcissist, thinking that they're so wonderful, pretty, or a pretty woman, or a handsome man, or a wonderful, what have you. And those are all different forms of kryptonite, according to my book. All right, but I don't think those are good kryptonites. If you have a heart for animals, I'm not using that because that's what mine is. You have a heart to help people. You have a you have you have a heart for something that bears good fruit. Then that is a krypton. That to me is a kryptonite. So you may not be able to see a person you know, in need and uh which is my kryptonite also but we'll not go we won't go to the person in need and so you have a you have a, a, a burden in your heart to help those so uh and that i think is a very honorable and wonderful kryptonite and it is something that if you do have that that you should not in my be ashamed of and you should not brag about it but you should not be ashamed of it but so animals have been my kryptonite since i was i'm going to have to say since i was born my and what has happened in my life because i've always had i did not grow up in a in a in a i'm going to use the worldly term religious family honestly we never went to church uh i'm not laughing but um my grandmother who lived with us, who was from the Ukraine, uh, she was, uh, you know, th- there's a difference between religiosity and following God. When you put religion into something, it's, it's more of a man-made denomination or sect or whatever you want to call it. I'm a, you know, this guys, I'm a Roman Catholic, I'm a Lutheran, I'm a Protestant, I'm an Episcopalian, whatever. Nothing wrong with that, I'm not attacking it. But if you look at the Bible and uh old testament new testament all right it was that you were a follower of god and then with with the with, with the christmas right the birth of christ you're a follower of christ you're a christian you're a follower of christ all right so the thing is that i don't think i in my whole heart do not believe that god looks and says oh you're a roman catholic and that's good or you're this or whatever i mean so and there's been more wars over religion all right there hasn't been wars over god honestly if you look back well, maybe the crusades but that was really more religiosity than than, than anything so but i did not grow up in a in a church going bible bible um uh, i'm not going to say bible thumping because that's derogatory all right um, i did we, we didn't go to church that's plain and simple. We believed in God. My mother had a more vocal belief in God and it was the one that taught us to pray. My father had a belief in God um but he was it his belief in God was distant and not open about it. And he um uh, so I I personally and I'm putting words in the in in his mouth and he's been gone for 15 years now, but 13 years but he in other words God was like he believed in God existed but he believed I don't really know what he believed to be quite honest Yeah, but the fact of the matter is that he was not uh, I think like so many people he believed, he believed that there was a God I honestly don't know if my dad ever prayed I know my mother prayed and uh and she was the um, the impetus for my prayer life, um, and she was the catalyst for that in a roundabout way. She didn't force it on me, but she she exposed my sister and I both to, to God in her own way, in a non-religiosity way, and I don't sadly i don't think my sister fully embraced it then again i'm not going to be judgmental and put words in her mouth right? and i'm not going to be saying well i fully embraced it i'm a better person i'm not saying that whatsoever but it's funny because if you i'm saying it's funny because it's not not comical but if you look in your soul if you're introspective and i talk about that so many times on this show in regards to you're working on equipment on engines, on machinery. If you're introspective, and uh, and you and you do some soul searching, then you're either going to find that if you just if you let your soul go where it wants, you're either gonna you're either gonna drift towards God, or you're gonna be indifferent to God, or you're gonna drift away from God. And I was blessed that I always had something planted in my soul. That there was there was always the seed of God in me since I was a little boy, and but what has happened in my particular life, if you're still listening, with my particular life is that God has used animals to give me a broken and contrite heart, and. If you don't walk with the Lord, and if you're not even familiar with that, says the Bible says, and I'm paraphrasing it, that God honors and respects and loves a person with a broken and contrite heart. And uh, <clears throat> the word contrite in the context of the Bible means that a person is sorry and repentant repentant for their sins. And you know, a lot of people say, well, we all sin,s right? we're all sinners, all right, I'm not going to go there in this show. And then a broken heart allows you to see things differently, whatever that is. So a broken and contrite heart is one that allows you to see things differently and through the eyes of God, how he wants you to see things. And then a contrite heart, your heart being contrite, means that you are repentive and you're sorry for your actions it doesn't mean you're an axe murderer it doesn't mean that you're a rapist it doesn't mean that you're a robber but we all in our own ways break the ten commandments because without the lord we cannot follow the ten commandments without his help so anyway but what i learned early on and maybe three or four well maybe i'm not say let's say five or six years old i remember exactly is that the lord has the lord well knew my kryptonite being animals and ultimately ultimately has given me a broken and contrite heart and for those of you in the audience that have truly had a broken and contrite heart all right is that uh, it is a, it is a tearful and heart gut-wrenching Blessing to your life. And you may say, well, this guy, this hot rod farmer, is crazy because how can a tearful and gut wrenching thing in your life be a blessing? Because of the meaning of a broken heart and a contrite heart that allows you to see things close to the way the Lord wants you to see them. It allows you to walk closer to Him and it allows you, or it not allows you, it makes you want to be contrite. So, so that is, and what the Lord has done in my particular life is that he's used animals to give me this broken and contrite heart which has come to a culmination, probably fully broken and fully contrite the past little bit more than the past year. So I'm not embarrassed to say that. I'm proud to say it. All right. That, uh, but this journey to my broken and contrite heart using animals uh, started probably when I was, like I said, five or six years old. And now, you know, the the good Lord has has a shipwreck for all of us. All right. So you're, so he may not use animals to give you a broken and contrite heart or he may use something else and whatever that's something else but he knows without a doubt what you need to 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 come to your knees and in his mercy in my particular life and i know in everybody else's life if you choose to have eyes to see it that in his mercy he also uses my kryptonite of animals to show me his merciful hand and that he's walking with me in my life, so it's not only he's not only used it, the Lord has not only used it to break my heart and to make me be repentant, but he's used it as an affirmation of him being in my life, and that is the tearful part so uh there's a verse in the Bible, and I'm not good at telling you quote where it is but there's a verse in the Bible go, that that, that's, that states very clearly that they that sow in tears will reap in joy. And uh, we know that uh, reaping is harvesting. So how did my broken and contrite heart with animals begin? Well, well, first of all, it began for God giving me a heart for animals as an infant. But then... When I was four, or five, or six years old, I'll stick with that number because I keep changing it, we had a cat, and, uh, and we've had many animals, and we had a cat, and we had a cat named Junior. How we got named Junior, I have no idea. It was a boy cat, and he was neutered, and, and what had happened was that Junior disappeared and if i told you the story once before then please forgive me because that is why i said to you that i've done a number of shows humbly and i don't know what stories i shared with the audience and and uh, which i did not but junior disappeared and went missing and uh, which was not uncommon for junior but he would be missing usually for a day he wouldn't come home one night or what have you because we always had inside outside cats and but this time junior was missing i mean he was missing and and through you know through the eyes of a small boy five or six years old uh i don't honestly know how long he was missing something tells me it was two to three weeks but it it was not a day or two it was not three or four months but it was long enough to really be upsetting to to us and the family Um and and you know would always be looking for junior calling junior there, ups, 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 junior 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 and then no junior and then i remember one night and i don't honestly have a clarity in the build up to this but that is the important part is that i guess i was not i guess i was talking to my mother and i was clearly we were all clearly very upset but i was probably the most upset um uh, and or and this that this was the first time at five or six years old that i lost lost something and i don't mean like losing a toy i mean losing something of consequence in my life because i love the cat i mean we all love the cat and i'm not saying my love was greater than the others but my 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 level of maturity not saying that that i would not have loved the cat but you you, you know sadly as you go through life sometimes things that really upset you when you're young you learn to 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 hide when you get older and then things that didn't really upset you when you're young are basically devastating as you get older and those of you who have walked through life will know exactly what i'm talking about all right so so my the end result being my mother told me when i went to bed and and at first, and I was probably just at the point where the, my mother was teaching teaching me the Lord's prayer, because we could, prior to that we had what some people call a child's prayer. now I lay me down to sleep, I pray the Lord, my soul to keep uh, so uh. So, uh, so the thing basically, well, if I die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to keep him. And, and uh, full disclosure, I say that after the Lord's prayer every night because people, some people laugh at that prayer, but I think any prayer that you come before the Lord is honored. So, <clears throat> so what my mother told me <clears throat> was that, and it was, it was not a lengthy conversation with her, but she told me to pray that the Lord brings Junior home, and specifically home to me. So I remember I said that prayer, probably was no more than six or seven words, After I said my prayer, and I went to bed. And I went to bed, I remember, as a five or six-year-old boy goes to bed, but I explicitly remember going to bed with a different feeling. I had uh as an adult you would say guarded optimism cautious optimism i i was not optimistic but i was more i, I can't explain it like so many things in life so i went to bed and we were your know, old school we went to bed early and what have you so and i remember i slept through the night and then probably it was still dark, and I don't honestly remember the time of year it was. I don't think it was summer. So it was probably, it was either you know in the fall or in the spring, because it was still dark. And something tells me it was around 4, 4.30 in the morning. That may be wrong. It wasn't 8 or 7 o'clock in the morning, because we used to get up earlier than that. And it wasn't 8 or 9 o'clock at night. So it was near the morning. And I was sleeping, and... I was awakened by meowing and interestingly enough and that's why I say God works in your life if you choose to see it and you choose to have the eyes to see it and the heart to believe because as a Christian you don't really believe in coincidence or you don't believe in luck all right there's no such thing as luck and you don't believe in coincidence coincidental that i was the only one who heard junior meow and lo and behold junior was meowing in the window to come in to come back and after weeks of being gone and uh I woke up my parents. I said, "Junior's here! Junior's here!" And they, my, my father was like, "He was like, why, why?" I, yeah. Yeah, and so and then opened the door. and I ran to the door. Then I opened the door, and Junior came in. And like, like, like anybody who has cats, and as you know, as we have cats now, all right, is that they come and they walk into the house like nothing ever happened. Like, what are you so, what, what are you so excited about? I'm just here. So, but I never forgot that as long as I lived. I'm as long as I live. I will never forget, forget that be So that was a clear cut without any doubt, an answer to a prayer. And the fact of that, I prayed that prayer as a little boy, a prayer of a five or six year old boy coming before the Lord. And the fact that oh, I was asleep and the fact that I was awakened and his meow was not that loud, because I think the windows were closed, that the Lord awoken me, if that's the proper word, I would just say that wrong, and to hear him when no one else heard him was a substantiation of that, and I never forgot that. And so that, that experience, with Junior going missing, my mother asked, telling me to bring my concern before the Lord, Now we were not church people by the you know by that sense by the traditional sense <clears throat> and <clears throat> excuse me and then that that night having junior come home me awoke me being awakened from a sleep and being the only one to hear him and then bring him in the house just just was 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 as much of a life changing experience as a six, five, or six-year-old boy can have, and that was something, you know, that the uh, up in Quebec they have on the license plates, Quebec, Canada, je me souviens. I remember, and I je me souviens that I never, ever, ever forgot that. That brings tears to my eyes even to think of it. So the lesson the Good Lord taught me in that is that he hears our prayers, he loves his creation, all right, he he awoken me, and he, in to my analysis of it, is that he established that animals from that moment on are going to be my kryptonite, and then eventually he will use that love for his creation to give me a broken and contrite heart, so then fast forward many 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 years to being a young a young man eh, let's say 19 or 20 years old is that we found the dog here on the farm my father and i found her and uh she was sitting on the back of our old ford flatbed well it was a flat it wasn't a flatbed it was an f100 that the bed rotted out and we bought it all right uh and we bought it and it had a wooden bed on the back and we came back to the farm and this white dog, is, this creamy white dog is laying on the bed of the flatbed and we thought it was a neighbor. There was a neighbor down the road about a mile and a half down the road, maybe close to two, I don't think it was two miles. It's hard to tell him. For those of you in the country, you know it's hard to tell distance. All right, so uh, and I thought it was Snowball and that was Joey Joey Shuren's dog. So I said to my dad, I had my old sixty eight Dodge Dot. I said, Okay, I said, I'll go do I'll go uh because Snowball used to like to wander and come over to the farm. And I didn't think it was Snowball, but I said, "Why? Well, yeah, it must be Snowball." So I remember I said, "I'll go to I'll go to Joey's house and I'll tell him I'm tell him it's Snowball." yeah, well, I pulled into Joey's driveway, which was a gravel driveway, and lo and behold, Snowball was laying in the in front of the garage, just looking out, just looking out. So I said, "Uh-oh!" I remember explicitly, it's not Snowball. So I backed out of Joey's driveway, and then I told, I came back. I said, "Dad, it's not Snowball." so it was a wednesday when we found her so we called her wednesday which my mother said was a foolish name to call a dog wednesday that we should call her wendy so what had happened was that we only had wendy uh wednesday because that particular point she was still wednesday because my mother was up in my sister's in buffalo area that um uh, for a couple of days and there was another neighbor a couple of miles down the road and they were both newer neighbors and uh, she was a widow and uh, she, i don't know why well it was different back then people stopped by and said hello and you're waved and what have you in the country not like today they flip you the finger when they go by but anyway uh 90 miles an hour throwing a beer bottle out the window so uh, but so um, she stopped and uh, she had a young daughter so the daughter was maybe 10 years old i was 18 and 19 years old so she was a little kid and uh, remember she had a new buick skylock uh four-door buick skylock and uh, and uh, so anyway i don't know what it, uh, what it transpired was that we, we it's we we would never have done anything to to wednesday to hurt her or get rid of her you know what i'm saying but we only had her for a day or two and uh, this little girl really fell in love with her and we were not looking for well i was always looking for animals my family was not looking for a dog and so what had happened was that we uh mrs shuren no it wasn't Shuren. it was joey shuren i forgot, her name. Uh, I forgot what her name was but anyway so they would like to adopt her so this was this woman stopped to say hello and she's going away with a dog right and the little girl loved the dog and i remember that wednesday jumped in the back of the buick with the little girl was sitting back in the back seat at four-door buick she jumped in the buick and she was hugging her and everything and uh, then what have you and they did what they were going to take her and take her home and they were going to adopt her so it was mixed it was it was mixed feelings i was not didn't have we didn't have her long enough for maybe two days to true i mean we loved her i loved her i loved her at first sight but i it was it was easier it was quasi easier to give her up and i probably knew that that was a better place for her than with us because i was going to be starting to go to work and whatever so but i'll never forget when the door of that bjork the back door closed the mother was driving. She had the window down. The little girl was in the back, and she had Wednesday sitting next to her, and they closed the, I closed the back door, and then the car, the mother put the car in drive, and the car started to go a little bit you know, up, up Cat Swamp Road. And then Wednesday turned around and put her paws on the back seat and looking out the back window. And uh, I'll never forget... The look she gave me it was not a look of betrayal. It was a look of confusion and did not understand why the car was moving and I was back there. So obviously I cried as he, I'm still crying today, thinking about that story. So I cried and uh, what happened was that they took Wednesday, they took. They changed her name to something and uh, I went a couple of times to go see her which my father said was a mistake. And maybe it was, but then again, maybe it wasn't. So I remember she, I came one time to see her in my 68 Dodge Dart, and that they were up a long gravel road, driveway road. And uh, I remember came up there to a brand-new house, which was unheard of back then over here. Everybody had old farmhouses. So to me, it was like a mansion. And then what had happened was that the, the Wednesday was playing in the front yard with the little girl and then she saw me pull up with the, and it's it's amazing all right because she knew my car and I remember we only had her for a couple of two days or so and it just shows how God people there's a lot more going on with animals than most people give credit for and she came it was like a like a commercial like a like a, a hallmark Hall of Fame movie she came running to me and she jumped in my arms and she jumped in my arms and i opened the door of my car the dodge dart the a bench seat and she sat next to me and she was just whimpering and licking me and whimpering and licking me and just and and please know that though that family loved her and i mean they were taking good care it wasn't that she was but so i think i only went there once or twice and that was the last time i went there uh to see her because it was too hard on her and it was too hard on me and my father said to me which was right in that respect that you know that that you know she has to make a new life for herself and she'll have a good life there and it's not fair to the dog that I'm going to see her and on the flip side of it is that uh, ultimately it did work out it was a blessing most likely that I went to go see her so what had happened was that a week. At, this this was a, a relatively short time, not days. Maybe a few weeks later. What had happened was that um, Wednesday disappeared. She ran away from the people, and so you know when you're younger, you, like I said, time, sometimes time goes fast, sometimes it goes slowly. So I would have to say that the, the lady called us and said that the Wednesday ran away and then what have you and maybe, you know. So then she was, so it was probably two weeks after I'd seen her, maybe not even two weeks, or a week after I'd seen her. And uh, then I would say she was gone. Something tells me she was gone close to a month. And I would ride around any chance I had. It was different back then, ride around with my, my Dodge Dart and, they went to the dog pound, went all over, went to the radio station, what have you. Um, there was no internet or anything back then, obviously. And uh, <clears throat> and uh, to look for her, <coughs> excuse me, to look for her to no avail. And I would pray for her, and I honestly don't recall, I was a young well, young, good boy, young, 18, 19 years old. I mean, if you were old enough probably to go to get in the army to get killed. But uh, so what had happened was that I would you know, lift her up in prayer. And uh, and like I say, sometimes in, when you're younger, you could, you could deal with stuff, some stuff better, some stuff worse. And then I, I don't want to say that I forgot. I did not forget about her i probably i stopped looking for her all right i would keep my ear to the railroad tracks but i stopped you know putting miles on riding around looking for her all the time and which i didn't in the opportunity i could so then there used to be a landfill we used to call it a dump and my father had me take some stuff in the old ford truck all right there was a 64 ford with a 292 and the wood bed in the back and uh Excuse me. I think it ran like a seven and a half cylinders. But anyway, I mean, it was shocking. We got. I think we paid two hundred dollars for it. Even back then, it was junk. I mean, it was it. It was a great truck. Ran great, but all rot. Right. I mean, it was. Uh, it it made the Sanford and Son and the Beverly Hillbillies, look like it was a brand new uh, Hummer or something. So I'm um, coming back from the dump up Cat, Cat Swamp Road, and this woman lived off of a different uh, Newman Road, off of, off of Cat Swamp. So it was I'd say to her house was probably close to two miles and and I'm coming up and there's a hill there and I'm coming around the coming back from the dump uh with the old Ford and I come around the bend on Cat Swamp Road uh at the downshift to make the hills pretty good grade there and not going too fast and lo and behold, out of the woods comes Wednesday. And You could say, well, that was coincidental. (laughs) It was not coincidental because if I would have gone um, second or two, if I went a mile an hour or two faster, and I'm not talking 20 miles an hour, I would have been around the bend that I've never seen her. And she walked out of the woods. I hit the brakes on the truck. I stopped. It didn't have a parking brake, so I had to shut it off and put it in gear, put it in first so it doesn't roll backwards on the hill. And jumped out she jumped in my arms I grabbed her I kissed her I hugged her I was crying she was crying and I brought her home and she was never left again I said to my parents we have to keep her and they agreed and my mother said but you got to call her Wendy instead of Wednesday and then we had her for 14 years after that until she went home to the Lord and I called the woman up, and I said, I have her. And uh, I said, I really don't want to, I, I said, I really would like to keep her. And the, the, and, the, and the neighbor was wonderful, and she said, yes. Said, you deserve, she's meant to be with you. And uh, so that was the second story, all right? a third story, I'll go through this quickly because we're already 51 minutes. Uh, <clears throat> we feed a lot of, well, Oh, uh, there was a chicken I adopted at a truck stop, and one day I'll have to tell you that story. Her name is Emily. She was wonderful, and she started on my journey. She was stolen not by me out of a out of a uh, chicken truck, but for full disclosure, over the years, not very recently, I'll just leave it at that, to not incriminate myself. That. Though I've had bad eyesight, the good Lord has blessed me with eyes that see, and specifically eyes that see something for animals. So over the years, I've stolen many animals away from people, all right, and which I am not ashamed of, and given them a better home or placed them in a better home or what have you. But I did not steal Emily out of the chicken truck, all right. So the thing is that, and she was a she was a wonderful one unbelievable and I could do a whole episode one day on how wonderful Emily was and how smart she was but the next story that I want to share with you is uh about a skunk and i talk to all of my animals we feed animals we feed the raccoons we feed the bears you're not supposed to feed the bears but in new jersey you could feed the bears to hunt them and kill them right you could bait them but you can't feed them you know it's our farm we got 100 acres i could do what i want on my 100 acres to heck the hell with the state and be quite honest with you all right, so uh, so uh, so somebody could go in the woods and put corn and do everything and bait a bear and then go blow his brains out. But if I want to feed something, then they're gonna come and arrest me and give me electric chair. But anyway, so uh, what happened was that we have skunks, we have possums, we have ton of raccoons, and, and we give them names and uh, and whatever. But I always talk to animals, and. Uh, my sister calls me dr doolittle i always talk to animals why i'm talking wild animals i talk to them and if i if they come around a lot i give them a name all right we've had our bears named and what have you so uh what happened was that there was a skunk that always came around that we used to feed and we used to, and he used to eat with the next to the raccoons the feral cats the possum Believe it or not, and I don't even tell people these stories. So I think I'm a liar. Is that we have a fox that that was eating with next door to every next next to everybody. All right, so so it, it's like no, it's like Noah's Ark. Everybody got along. There was nothing whatsoever. So we had this skunk that came, and I used to talk to him and everything. And I used to sit in the chair right there. He used to come and eat, and he used to look at me. He used to smell my leg, and I'd say, hey, "What are you doing?" I, and uh, so. Uh, so what happened was that it was in the fall and we have a deck behind the house and this is all context to it and underneath the deck we have a, about two feet of lattice because we wanted the deck to be able to walk from the sliding door in the house right out to the deck and have it flush without a stair. So the deck is about two feet up. It's three steps down. Uh, and so there's a lattice around it. On a, uh, well, it's a It's a plastic lattice, right? The men look like wood. So I'm cutting the grass. It was I was I was done for the day working on my desk. It was in, in the fall. I'm cutting the grass, and uh, I'm, looking, uh, I'm looking. I'm looking. out in the other part of the lawn. I'm like, what the heck is that thing over by the? Now mind you, I was blind as a bat. What the heck is that thing over by the deck, right? Well, to make a long story short, I get off the tractor and my John Deere at the time 116 the old one and get off the tractor shut it off walk over there and it is my skunk friend and i don't know what came of him because he was coming around for years and he for some reason he just i don't know whether he got spooked or got scared he tried to go through the lattice so what so what happened was that somebody's meowing outside they're going have to wait sounds like Molly so what happened was that his head went through and he got stuck a little bit past his head on his neck and he couldn't back out of the lattice because the way his fur and his head would go would be and and he couldn't go forward. So he was stuck in the lattice through one of the openings in the lattice. Like I said, I don't know how the heck he got in there. All right, so stuck in the lattice and I said to myself, I think that's my friend. So now his head was underneath the deck and his tail was to me. So I didn't know if he was still alive or not, so I just took a, a well, the handle of a, of, of a broom. I went to the garage, and I just tapped it to see because he was already getting flies around. So said, oh, my God, this guy died in the lattice. I said, I think that's my friend. So I said, but what am I going to do? I said, that lattice is hard to cut. So I said a prayer. I said, Lord, please help me to free him. I cannot do this without you. I said, I could, you could move, please give me wisdom, move my hands, show me what to do. So I went into the garage, and out of my toolbox, I got a pair of whisk snips, sheet metal snips, which believe it, which are not really good to cut thick plastic. Believe they cut sheet metal, but not plastic. But anyway, and I had no choice but to lay on the ground, r- literally with his tail on my nose. And two inches away from his his uh, spray apparatus. All right, so I but I spoke to him first. I said to him, "Buddy, it's me. You know me. I'm gonna." I said, "You gotta trust me." I said, "You gotta trust me." I said, "I'm gonna lay down." And so I so basically, what had happened? I had to lay there for about six or seven minutes, and I had to hold his paw and hold his tail up. His, his tushy was literally touching my my, my my cheek. He would turn around his head and look at me. He said, buddy, I said, don't worry about it. I said, so I had to keep my finger there because I was afraid with the whist snips that I would cut his paw. So I wanted, to, I kept my finger over his paw as a guard so that I could cut and I would pinch my finger so I wouldn't pinch him and hurt him, right? So the good Lord answered my prayers it took a few minutes. I mean, it, took, it it. That five minutes seemed like five hours. And I took, and I, he never sprayed me. He never did and He was watching me. He, he he was, I was talking to him and he watched me. And then I was able to get him out and I cut him free. And then he, he, he came, he, he, you know, pulled out quickly once he was free. And then he turned around and he came back and he looked at me right in the eye to thank me and then he he waddled off and then he would still come he came for many years afterwards and then he would come and sit by my chair with me when I fed the animals he would sit by my chair and he would lay by my chair with me so and then ultimately I guess he went home to the Lord Because one year he stopped coming But there was another story of God working with me and animals. And I'll I'll just go quickly for the others, is that our barbecue grill, we used to keep it out off the driveway in the front of the house, and I was cooking hamburgers. So I was cooking some hamburgers on the grill, right, and the barbecue grill, and then out of nowhere, this American black vulture. And I know a lot of people don't like them, but they are wonderful, and they're smart as anything, and they're wonderful. He lands, and I said, "No, no don't land here." He said, "Don't land the metal top of the grill." So he lands on the grill. We had had uh, like two little wooden uh, counters on you know, the tops, uh, not tops, like like little tables off the side, right? And so he lands. And I, so I push, so he lands there and he jumps down on the ground and he looks at me and goes, Rough, because American black vultures bark like dogs. I said, What are you doing here? What are you doing here? What do you want to say? You're going to burn your feet. You can't land on that. Rough. So I'm talking to him. So I said to him, You know, because that's the East Coast of I me. Mean, everybody's got to have a nickname. I said, I'm gonna, I said, No, you're not a buzzard, but I'm going to call you Buzz. Rough. So he's talking to me and uh and i said what do you want a hamburger so i said all right i said but it's hot you gotta let it cool off they're off so so to make a long story short he ended up eating all the hamburgers i went in the house and told charlotte what do, we, do you have something else for me to cook he says oh what happens so i said well it's a long story what happened and that was the beginning of a relationship that is still going on today so i would say that was probably seven years ago and buzz comes all the time uh if i don't come out to see him he actually knocks on the window one time he rang the doorbell twice because the doorbell's right over the railing to the the front steps and then he brought his wife which we call buzzette and uh And he comes two or three, well, he he varies sometimes two or three times a day. Sometimes he hangs out all day long with me. He loves, he's a real boy. He loves mechanical stuff. If I'm working on the workbench in the garage, he'll come in there and land and go, I said, "Don't Buzzy, I appreciate your help. I'll teach you how to take this carburetor apart. But you can't touch the parts and the tools, and he loves to move the tools and the parts around. When you're working on a carburet, you don't want to buzz and move it. So I never chase him. I said, "Buzz, you can't do that." He said, "You gotta just leave the wrench there. Leave the. You, you, you can't start moving the parts around." And he would. He and his. I call his, his his wife Buzzette. and then, he and Buzzette, they would see me in the field with the tractor working. They would circle around, and they would come and they would land, and I had to stop the tractor and talk to them. So this has been an ongoing relationship <clears throat> for many, many years. Sadly, he had two children. We called them Buzz. We called them Junior, and we Junior. We called the girl, which I which I perceived was a girl, Missy. And sadly, Junior passed away. And uh, Junior. Junior, something happened. I think somebody poisoned him To be quite honest with you, and then Buzz had him come right by our house and stay by our house, and he passed away. And uh, there was the next day a buzzard funeral, and you're going to think I'm crazy. All right, well, not buzzards, are vultures. But there was a, 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 a there was an actual funeral, and we didn't film it out of respect to them, but I had put Junior's body right, moved it a little bit, and a whole bunch of buzz and buzz that came, and then a whole bunch of turkey buzzards or turkey vultures with the red redhead, and then then probably 20 or 25 or 30 of them came and landed, and there was an actual funeral procession uh, by the body, like a wake. Buzz and Buzzette were standing there behind their 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 deceased young child. he wasn't he really, <coughs> he was able to to fly, but he still had those 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 goofy looking feathers very cute on the top. And they would stay and it was it was unbelievable. Unbelievable. And Buzz and Buzzette were never the same as far as their playfulness after losing that baby and they still come around they still bark but a lot of it a, a lot of it changed so that was uh and buzz still comes he doesn't he doesn't come as often now as he used to ever since everything changed when, when junior passed away but he does come he's not as interested in the mechanical stuff he was actually underneath my wife's escape with me i had jacked up i was doing something and he was underneath there <laughs> under there with me so i could do a whole show on stories on buzzards on on him so now and like i'll be in the field with it well up until before the baby died I'll be in the field and I'll see them circling and I'll be in a tractor working plant or something and they'll come and land right next to me and rough and I have to stop and get off and talk to them. But I'll sit in the chair by the house and he and Buzzette will come next to me. They'll sit right next to me. If I fall asleep, he pulls my pant leg to wake me up to let me know I'm there. He pulls his beak, he pulls and he goes, rough, rough, and he's pulling my pant leg. Hey, Buzz, are you here? And uh, so... Uh, and that's no embellishment. And <clears throat> if you were to tell people that, they would say you're crazy, <clears throat> or you're a liar. So <clears throat> that's another instance that uh, I've had. I'm just giving you a few of them here. Then what had happened was that I was planting cover crop. Oh, we were we were harv we were we were selling our corn. You know, we had the farm stand set up. And what it and and what had happened was that uh, a turkey vulture <clears throat> got hit by a car. My sister actually had it happen. It wasn't the guy's fault. It was with a BMW 5 Series. He he swooped down in front of the car, and and we thought maybe it was buzz. And there's a church across. A little bit catty cornered across the road from us, Route Five Seventeen, and behind that church is sixteen thousand acres of open space, In New Jersey, what they call green acres. So it's very rural, other than the church building being there. So I run to go see, and it's, and, and Buzz came, and he was there, and the, the the and this this was a turkey buzzard, so turkey vulture with the red top on, you know, the red beak and everything area. So. Uh, and Buzz was a North American black vulture. They communicate. They were friends and what have you. So, the turkey vulture was hurt, and he was, he was stunned and he was frightened of me. And Buzz came over, and Buzz, I'm well convinced that animals, all animals, cats, dogs, everything, they that they can not only communicate verbally but telepathically. Even though you talk to a biologist or a scientist, say that hot rod farmer's drunk. He doesn't know he's talking about, but. So Buzz said something to him and completely calmed this turkey buzzard that was hit by the car, and he allowed me to pick him up. So there happens to be by that church a tree, I don't know what kind of tree it was, with a low with a low uh, limb. And I said, well, I can't leave him on the ground because a fox or a coyote or uh, something will get him, at, get him at night, so I got to at least put him up here. So I picked him up. And I picked him up and I put him on the limb, which was a good height. It was a it was perfect height by God's grace. So I put him. He was able to to, to sit. You know, he wasn't, uh, and he seemed okay. And I, I, am saying this humbly. I'm probably the only person or one of the few people in the world that actually kissed a turkey vulture. So, I before I put him on the limb, I kissed him on his head. I kissed him on his head, and uh, people say you're crazy. Get I, I kissed him on his head, and I said a prayer over him, and I put him up on the limb, and I and I asked the Lord to protect him. And I said, well, the next morning it was it was in the late summer because we were harvesting corn. I said I'll get up <clears> on <throat> I'm going to go you know drive down there and see. I didn't know what to find. I figured well he maybe we fell off the limb or. I, you know, feathers something got him. So I come there the next morning, and much to my surprise, gratefulness, he's gone. All right, he's not there. So I said to myself, well, you know, is he there, or did a, you know, Adam or carry him off? So I didn't know. And then, and please know that this is not embellished whatsoever. But I asked to said another prayer over the the empty limb. and I said, Lord, please. Give him a chance please have mercy upon him and let him lead a long and happy life and thank you for using me to put him on this limit because God uses people we don't do anything he uses I mean he uses us to be his hands and feet in this world in the, in the secular world of the visible world so I said, all right, well, I gave them to the Lord, went on with harvesting corn, what have you. It's towards the end of the day. We're kind of winding down with the stand. So so I you know, have a chair there, I'm sitting, and then I look up in the air, and I see this turkey vulture, turkey buzzard, right? We call them buzzards here, but supposedly people have told me that they're not buzzards, they're vultures or whatever. Where you get used to calling something something you call for the rest of your life, even if it's incorrect. So I see this. I see this turkey vulture. And he's flying overhead, very low. And I'm sitting in a chair in the edge of the cornfield. And he comes and he lands. And so I called him Crash because he crashed into the car. I said to him, Crash, is that you? Is that you, Crash? Because this is not Buzz. I never had a turkey vulture do this to me because Buzz knows me, so I never had a turkey vulture do this to me. So he looks at me. I look at him and say, Crash, is that you? And you'll probably lose all respect for me and think I'm crazy. He put on an air show for me that would rival the Thunderbirds or the Blue Angels. He would saw, I'm sitting in a chair in a cornfield. Excuse me, let me get some water here for a second. <clears throat> he saw, he would saw, saw S O A R. He would dive down. And he he would do a flip. I don't I I I think uh, uh, uh he put on an air show for me for like 15 minutes. A personal air show. He did maneuvers that you would never know. Because turkey buzzards could saw, but he, he did maneuvers that would make a like I say, a blue angel or a Navy Thunderbird. I'm, uh, I mean, Blue Angels the Navy Thunder Air Force Thunderbird, envious with a fighter plane. And then he came, and he, he would swoop down low. He would buzz me. <laughs> break a plane. Unbelievable, unbelievable. And he did a pass over me, and then I was crying because I knew what he was doing. He was showing me that he's fine. So, and then... He's come for many, many years afterwards to the house with Buzz and Buzzette. And I said my crash, is that you? And uh, and I talked to him, and he eats, and no more air shows. <clears throat> but it was unbelievable. But <clears throat> one, li- uh, excuse me, I'm just going to uh, kill us for a second. Excuse me, I'm back. So, one last story, but then I'm sorry for going on so long. So, is that I was planting cover crop and uh, we, we broadcast it. So, what I did in this particular instance, ah, I'm just going to leave the truck, my ranger, with all the seed in the back because our farm is small and our fields are small, so it's not Nebraska. And uh, sadly, and I said, you know, the, the the spreader holds 500 pounds, 550 pounds. I said, I'll dump 500 pounds in there. It's because I'm a one-man band, so it's harder to bring the truck there, go get the tractor, then I'll just run up to the, run up to the, you know, buy the house and have the truck in the driveway, and I'll load up, I got the bags there to throw out. It's made a lot of sense. So I'm coming back to reload the, uh, the, uh, hopper on the broadcast spreader spinner right and i'm coming off a cat's front road coming down the driveway and i see buzz the the children were still alive. buzz buzzette and junior which is the which i perceived was the boy who died and 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 uh missy which i perceive we perceive was a female and they're around in a circle we always had dry cat food down there so for the like i said we had feral cats come and so it was always 24 hours a day there was something for somebody to eat right skunk with the skunk would come a, a, a possum would come raccoons would come eat it so but i see them in a circle i can't see the cat i'm coming down and i said what the heck is so i, said, I remember explicitly saying to myself what why is buzz I used to call them Buzz and Company. Why is Buzz and Company in a circle? I never seen them in a circle. It sounds like they're like, like they're protecting something, right? And so I come down with the tractor, You're sitting up higher, and then I see, and what was Buzz and Company circled around? You know, circle the wagons, right? Circle around was a little kitten who became my who was my who became my beloved donald so the little kitten was there eating and buzz and buzz and company had a barrier around him to protect them to eat and that was how i got donald and then there's a story in that my beloved donald and then buzz and donald were wonderful one buzz buzz at the buzz and company were wonderful friends with Donald as Donald grew. And uh, I don't know where Donald came from. He was a little kitten, all right? Uh, I'm not gonna tell you what I think because you really think I'm crazy, all right? But Donald and Buzz and company were wonderful, wonderful, wonderful friends. So basically, as I get ready to close here, i want to thank you for allowing me to share some of my stories with you on how the lord has used his creation to bring me closer to our savior jesus christ and how he has answered prayers and how there is still unanswered prayer yet for donald's return but my wife and i have not given up any hope in stark contrast to what the world thinks and the world says, and uh, and how the Lord has eventually used His my the love that He put in my heart for animals to give me a broken and contrite heart, and as I and as I get ready once again to close, and this is probably going to offend somebody. Or insult them, or roll their eyes up to me. But my my sincere prayer for you, as a human being, not as a farmer, not as a hot rod farmer, not as anything, but just man to man, woman man to woman, whatever, is that in two thousand twenty four, that your greatest blessing is to truly have a broken and contrite heart, that the Lord uses your kryptonite and no one likes going through it i'm not going to tell you that all right I'm not going to talk. i'm not going to say you're going to like having a broken and contrite heart but if you allow the lord to give you a broken and contrite heart he will supply all your other needs in life and you will and will open the door for you to have a relationship with christ our savior that you would never ever have otherwise. So I want to thank you so much for listening to this offbeat idle chatter and for hearing some of some of my stories about how God has spoken to my heart through His creation, and I I will welcome and honor to hear your stories also so you have a blessed blessed 2024 i hope you had a wonderful christmas and we'll catch you next week as that real hot rod farmer and talking about engines and machinery or something else you have a blessed day and may god bless you and my beloved america